Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. healing feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. It was great to speak to David Slack on this week's episode of the podcast. David was a men's health fitness cover model and supplement brand ambassador in his early 20s and we start the episode by addressing his exposure to the impacts within the industry of toxic masculinity, body dysmorphia and gym obsession, all of which emphasise the importance of uplifting male mental health. In his mid-twenties, David's perspective on life shifted and he started his journey of self-discovery in which he uncovered the practices of cold water exposure, Wim Hof breath work, meditation, intermittent fasting and stoicism, all of which we discuss in depth. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So today I've got David on the podcast, which is so exciting. I first heard from David on the Adventure Nation podcast, which I love. It's one of the podcasts I listen to. And it was one of those podcasts where you listen to someone speaking, you're just aligning with everything they say. So thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, I'm just super excited to have a chat with you. You know, it's it's nice to have a crack with like-minded people. And, you know, often you can kind of feel as though the message you're putting out there, you know, you can feel a little bit like on your own, can't you? Do you know what I mean? If you take a path that's Definitely. kind of, you know, the path that's less wandered, as they say. Do you know what I mean? No, definitely. And like, yeah, when you're putting your voice out there, like there's this essence of vulnerability, isn't there? Kind of putting out a message you believe in. And obviously it's amazing when people align with it, but there's that kind of fear that people aren't going to quite get it. But honestly, like it was, it came across so, so well. And it was great to listen to. It was on my run. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just makes me feel really happy that, that to know that you've got through to somebody. I mean, it hasn't always been so easy for me to be vulnerable, to be honest. I mean, I grew up in West Cumbria and, you know, it was kind of like the man had to be kind, kind of like strong and played rugby and go to the gym. And, and it, it wasn't always the case that I could be open like this. No, it's so good. And I definitely want to get into that kind of like, because obviously as a woman, I feel like 
it's more socially accepted for me to come across. I mean, that's quite a generalized way of speaking. But I mean, like you say, I think growing up as a man, like you kind of need to have that kind of tough exterior. And I think it's so important to try and remove that kind of toxic masculinity from society. I mean, we're going to speak about it later, I'm sure. But I mean, you used to be massively kind of into the gym, didn't you? And then you kind of realised it didn't, it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when I grew up in, in Cumbria in the lakes, like I got into a circle of friends where all you did was you went to the gym, you played rugby, you went out around town, you talked about women, you know, it was just, yeah. that was the go-to. And to be honest, I, I never really felt at home in that type of environment. Like I was never really like a laddie lad. Um, although I felt as though I had to try and fit that mould and yeah. you know, it's, the old, it's the kind of old adage thing that they say now in, in society you have the option of honesty or acceptance and, and most people choose acceptance don't they? I completely agree and so growing up when did you kind of realise this push towards fitness then was that out of kind of being in that social bubble where the gym was a thing or were you actually more drawn to kind of the natural world then or was, did that come later? I think it's a bit of both, really. I mean, I was fortunate. I grew up um, in the Lake District and my parents were always into mountains and, you know, fells and that. So I always had that influence of they took me out in the lakes when I was younger. And, you know, even as young as like, you know, just a toddler, they would take us up the fells. And and they always had that kind of roots into us. Um, But then, you know, when you're young, you kind of like don't appreciate it. You kind of like, I was almost... I didn't want to go up the lakes, you know, my mum and dad would take us into the mountains, but I was like, no, I don't want to do that. You kind of start to resent it, don't you? Which is so sad to say, because I just like such a lovely place to grow up. I guess when you kind of feel, I think as a kid, when you feel forced into anything, you kind of just kind of want to go the other way automatically, really. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's that easy to, you know, if somebody's forcing you to do something, you want to do somewhere else, don't you? But no, I do feel as though having that influence growing up, you know, I always look back on that and think that that's probably why I have gravitated back towards that now. You know, growing up, I got into playing rugby, I got involved in the gym. I mean, I think the whole sort of working on my body and doing the kind of manly sort of things that we refer to, I think I grew up watching like movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, Rambo and, and stuff like that. And I think that during that time, like everyone just wanted to have muscles, didn't they? They just wanted to feel strong. And, you know, and I think I kind of caught that wave, um, you know, went to the gym, just wanted to be big. And, and you kind of, to tag onto that, you kind of think, well, that's what is needed. It becomes kind of like the motivation is so extrinsic rather than intrinsic. It's so important that it's coming from a place of like inner growth rather than just seeking validation outwards massively yeah and I think that's you know a valuable point there about the intrinsic extrinsic because you know when when you've got that extrinsic motivating factor that's why in my mid-20s I kind of felt unfulfilled you know because I was doing it to please the wrong people I was doing it because I thought oh that's what a woman wants or, or or even just to impress your friends because you know I was quite fortunate when I got into the gym and stuff you know I got a lot of like um well, I've done quite well with men's health and I ended up getting sponsored and I entered a cover model competition and ended up getting through to the final. And then based on that, like I'd done like a photo shoot and I got sponsored by a supplement company. And then for a few years after that, I used to go to this event in Birmingham um, and it was basically just a massive ego fest of people, you know, showing their abs off to everyone and saying, look, you need to take this supplement to look like this. And 
and yeah, like I, I got into that, you know, and then several years down the line, maybe like, you know, maybe mid twenties, I thought, look, you know, this isn't for me. It's, it's just unfulfilling me. And, and I just thought I'm doing all the wrong things to please all the wrong people. And, and yeah, like I, I just had a moment. Um, I think it was kind of went hand in hand when I had my son. Um, sort of, I had my son around about that time, and yeah. kind of all came to the head. And your responsibilities kind of change as well. And you kind of think, look, you know. And then, yeah, my life kind of changed around, like in my mid twenties, and started looking at other things. It shifts your perspective, doesn't it? I think when things like that happen in family, and it's interesting actually to say about. I mean, in those competitions, I assume it was kind of like I don't know, like. It's, it seems like people are so, so, so focused on that kind of external image of their body. Like they do almost anything to kind of achieve that figure. And even if it's like kind of unnatural. Yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, I've never been one to take the steroid route or anything unnatural, no. to be fair. Like I always had that drilled into me from a young age. Um, you know, even though I did go down that route of playing rugby and, and doing the bodybuilding, I would, I've always kind of been one where I've thought, no, I, that's the line I would never cross it. But no, you know, as you say, like we live in a society where people want, you know, results tomorrow, don't they? They don't want the kind of long game. They want it, you know, the magic pill society, as they call yeah. it. And, and, you know, I've been among that. And, and I think that's why, you know, the supplement industry is so kind of, it's not something I agree with because I've, I've been in among it and I've been, you know, they want to make people think that they can take this and, and look like this. And it's not about that, is it? You know, anything worth having comes through kind of hard work and, and self-experimenting and investing the time in it, you know? No, definitely. And I mean, like, the whole thing is, like, having a journey of, yeah, maybe working towards, if you want to develop a better physique, like, obviously it's within our kind of choice if we want to have that goal, but it's doing it in a way that we can learn about ourselves along the way. And like having those kind of challenges along the way or kind of educating ourselves along the way in terms of like, like you're saying, like modern society, we always want that kind of quick fix, but actually it's the long journey towards learning about ourselves of how we want to treat our bodies kind of thing is what actually benefits our journey really, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. And I think, you know, linking into that, like, you know, not only people want the easy answer and the quick fix and that, like people have almost like delayed their happiness until they achieve what they want. So it's almost like they're, they're thinking, right, well, I won't be happy till I've got the six pack or I won't exactly. be happy till I've got the bikini body where they're missing the point. Like, you know, life isn't a journey to get somewhere because when you get there, you'll just be there with your same level of happiness. Like, exactly. you know, you know, I've been there myself. I've been like, right, I want, I want the beach body, but then you get the beach body and it's just you in that new circumstances and the goal changes you know, even the word want, right? The word want implies that you're striving for something that you haven't got, but happiness actually is, is within you all the time. Like, it, it really is, honestly. It's a choice. It's a choice. And yeah, massively, yeah. Yeah, and like you say, like, if we're always kind of seeking happiness through kind of an outcome in the future, like, we're not living present, so you're always kind of in a position of not being in actually the present moment. So you're constantly always being in a state of kind of stress. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that, you know, society in general kind of edges us towards that, doesn't it? You know, I mean, Definitely. if you look at all, all the adverts and things on Instagram and, you know, the whole sort of saying of comparison is a thief of joy and it's so easy, yeah. you know, you're comparing against somebody's so-called perfect life that isn't really true and that's what makes you feel low. You know, I mean, I've been there myself and it, I would consider myself one of the people who's 
he's awake to that. But when you're sat on Instagram and you're flicking through and you're seeing these perfect lives, even though you know it's false, it goes in your subconscious and, and suddenly you're comparing yourself and you're feeling low. Hard not to feel that, like, even if you are aware of it, like, you still kind of, even subconsciously, kind of form that comparison in your mind, I think. Definitely. And I think that's why you've got to be aware of that and stack the cards in your favour. Yeah. I mean, you know, all, all the time now, maybe once a month, I'll have like a bit of a call on, on my Instagram and just delete all the accounts that I feel aren't really, you know, going to be better in myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think it's, all, it's always healthy to have a bit of a like cleanse on the Instagram. Be like, do I actually like feel more positive after viewing this content or, or more negative? And then just kind of considering. Exactly. And it is just about that awareness, isn't it? And like, as you, like, as you say, like stacking the cards in your favour, like realising that's going to happen. So, you know, having that like sort of cleanse. Um, Did you find that you kind of experienced that kind of obsessiveness with the gym? Because I mean, I'm, I, it's kind of luckily being more spoken about is kind of this like body image within the feminine experience. But I guess in masculine experience, like the gym obsession, even though it's not seen as maybe because for example, I'd say like anorexia is seen as universally unhealthy, but this kind of gym ob- obsession and kind of protein like obsession is kind of masqueraded as like something that could be healthy, but it's cu- kind of becoming much more unhealthy. Did you kind of ever experience that kind of obsession? Yeah, I did totally. Yeah, I got through some right sort of issues with it. I mean, to be honest, I look back on it now and I can only speak from experience really. And what I tend to see is Sometimes you need to go to the extremes to realize that you don't need to, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a book called The Magical Art of Not Giving a F U C K, basically. <laughs> yeah, um, I've heard of that book. Yeah, well, that book was life saving for me, it really was, because it mm-hmm. makes you realize that, you know, you've got so many like energy reserves a day that comes from willpower, decision making, you know, what you really care about. And I got into a stage where I was so raveled up in my diet and, and my gym that it was affecting our relationships you know I was uh, if I didn't have a protein every couple of hours I would stress you know if I'd missed a meal or you know if my calories weren't on points like I just went to a stage where it was unhealthy it really was and, and I felt at the time you know I felt oh great I'm on top of everything I'm winning you know I've got my abs through and I felt like I was winning at life but yeah. in hindsight everything around us was falling apart it's so hard because it's so easy for that to kind of masquerade as someone being super healthy. I think that's awesome. I saw, I don't know if you follow, do you follow Matt Haig on Instagram? He's fantastic if you don't. I do, yeah. I follow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a massive fan of him and I saw the other day, it really stood out to me. It was a photo of um, Zach Efron and people saying that he'd like developed this dad bod. And yeah. I don't know if you saw this. And Matt Haig was like, he was like, well, first I was going to say that's not a dad bod. And then he was like, I don't even know why we have this phrase in the first place. And it's just becoming so clear that kind of, yeah, these kind of obsessive kind of gym routines and protein obsessions, it's concealing a lot of kind of mental despair and like body dysmorphic disorders kind of like higher than it's ever been. Yeah, exactly. Because I think people are striving towards perfection. Number one, perfection is impossible. And number two, the, the, the body you're striving for just say you're looking at Zac Efron, it's all being photoshopped or whoever's body you're looking at online as you, and you see that as a you know potential target. Number one, he's probably not in the best mental shape, you know, even though he looks really lean and athletic. Yeah. You know, the, you've got to get to a point that's a happy medium, you know. Like, Definitely. 
honestly, it really is like, I remember pushing my body fat to a really low level. And I thought, you know, I want to get even leaner, I want to get even leaner. And, you know, I wasn't good for, for anything, you know, I wasn't. And I think you need to kind of find this happy set point that your body's happy with, you know, still strive for a good body, but you can get something that's really, really impressively good, but doesn't have to be extreme, you know? No, exactly. So when did you kind of start coming out of this mindset and starting to kind of rediscover a love of nature and those things that kind of did make you feel fulfilled? I think like in my mid-20s when I had my son, um, it was more or less the time where, you know, I was, get, I was doing the fitness modelling and stuff. I was going to Birmingham every, every year and I was just feeling unfulfilled. And then my son came along at the right time for me, to be honest. Um, he made me focus on him. I wasn't as sort of hung up on the gym. And what I noticed is, with having my son, my responsibilities changed. I was focused on him. And I wasn't as focused on the gym. But my body didn't change much. Do you know what I mean? I was like... Yeah, it's interesting, it, isn't it, when yeah, that happens. It was honestly so fascinating. I was thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm literally not as fussed about the gym, but I still look good. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not like... So it just made me see what I can actually get away with. And, and I was thinking, oh, my God, I've been obsessing so, so much. And I've dropped off like, you know, I don't know, 25%, just chilled out a bit. And I, and I still look happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how I look, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you kind of release that stress and tension as well, I think your body just kind of relaxes anyway. So I'm sure it kind of <laughs> was yeah. just like, you know what, I'm fine being here. Honestly, I totally agree with you there. And it's interesting you say about that stress level thing. I think when you do stop caring about it, your body like subconsciously stops holding onto water, which is, you know, the link to the cortisol and the stress levels and that. Your body relaxes and it ends up paradoxically looking probably even better to a point, you know, because you're not uh, holding on to all that. I think a lot of women have that problem. I've said it in the past when they're weighing themselves every day and, you know, yeah, they're getting obsessed with the scales and that. And, and to be honest, they're holding themselves back because they're probably holding on to water, whereas they think they're holding on to fat. No, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, just the constant obsession with weight as well is just kind of a toxic thing because we like, as women, like our weight fluctuates like due to hormonal changes or like you say, to stress and stuff. And just kind of adding that as another worry to have is just not healthy. I mean, obviously like in the long term, if you're kind of seeking to lose weight from a healthy place, like you will lose it like over, it's much better just do it, making it a less constant thing. Because I think weighing yourself daily is just never going to make you feel good really yeah massive i think there's a you know there's an interesting quote that kind of like summarizes it and it's basically you're better off being sort of 80 percent right 100 percent of the time than 100 percent right 10 percent of the time which basically means if you just are too obsessed with something eventually you'll fall off the wagon and you'll just end up going extremely the other way whereas if you, you know if you allow like an 80 percent rule you can be more consistent with that all the time and it's more sustainable yeah, and it's that sustainability which is so important. Like anything we do that pushes ourselves too hard or kind of, yeah, takes us away from ourselves too much is just never going to last. So it's just so important to think if what we're doing, we can actually kind of maintain and still feel happy in the process. Yeah, and exactly. And I think that's what it is. It's about being happy in the process because if you're miserable until you've got your six-pack abs through, then what life are you living? You know what I mean? No, completely. I completely agree. And kind of, so with this journey of self-discovery you had, you kind of rediscovered your love of nature. Is that still like super present in your life? Oh, massively. It's a big part of my life. It really is. It's, yeah. you know, nature's kind of, it's so, so healing. And 
you know, you can get out there with your friends and have good connections and taking the views. And it's just one of them things that feels right. You know, when, you, when you're in nature and you're out in the forests or the mountains and the rivers, like you, you just feel at home, you know, and I think that's tapping into your roots again, isn't it? It's getting back to where humans actually thrive, if, if that makes sense. I live like by a forest and it's just, it gives you so much headspace, like just getting out into away from kind of, I don't know if you've been having a stressful day, like away from kind of a working environment or your phone and just kind of taking in nature is so calming. It's kind of like bringing out that inner child again. Like I find that since I've kind of been on my kind of journey of kind of self growth, I've done started doing all the things that I liked doing as a kid. So I've kind of like started like rock climbing and doing like gymnastics again, because like those are the things that made me happy when I was a child. And I think we just have like a lot to learn from kids as well. Cause kind of at that stage of life, you're not like, worrying about what people think of you and like you're just doing what like your intuition's telling you so I try to like when I get stressed I always kind of tune into my inner child I'm like okay so, you know it's interesting you should say that like I, I think you know I do agree that I think that when you're out in nature you know when you're in the constraints of the towns and the cities and the offices and that you've got you've almost got that like you know a lot of people have got that anxious sort of chattering hamster wheel going around in their head of you know they're not really fully present whereas I think when you're in nature you're at that state of calm, like you are truly in the moment. And I think that what that does is it allows your creative brain to come alive and you can play, you know, you can you have better conversations with people, better connections. And, and I think, yeah, you know, being in nature just stills the mind and then brings out the inner child again. Yeah, it does. I agree with yeah. that. No, I love it. And also, I mean, I align with so many of your practices, but what you were saying, we were speaking about earlier was, cold water exposure which can kind of come into nature I guess in terms of like open water swimming or sea swimming or anything like is this something you do daily like exposing yourself to cold water? I mean obviously I started getting out among nature again in my mid-20s and things and I think it was that particular moment that I educated myself on mental health, anxiety, you know. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
the power of the breath, Wim Hof. And, and that's when I really started to get into the stuff with the cold water and everything, yeah. Yeah, I want to hear more about this Wim Hof breath. I've heard of it, but I've never kind of really known what it really is. Um, honestly, it's life-changing. It really is. Like, I would say that's the one thing that kind of like was a defining moment in my life. And I thought this is going to be a permanent part of my life from now on. Yeah, so Wim Hof is, is a guy. He's often called the... Um, the Iceman. People often refer him to as the Iceman. Um, and he became famous because he'd done a lot of like extreme challenges. Like he walked up Mount Everest in his boxer shorts. Like he's, he's swam in ice. He's done like lots of extreme sort of things. But honestly, when you tap into the science and you really read about it, I mean, I've said it before, you should watch um, on Netflix, there's an episode called The Goop Lab. Um, and on episode two, she goes with Wim Hof. Um, and for anyone who wants a bit of a crash course into it, I would advise watching that. You've got the breath work and you've got the cold water exposure. Um, so the two things go hand in hand. So throughout our day, generally, we all kind of breathe these really shallow breaths and we're all essentially in autopilot a lot of the time. And as soon as something goes on, like wrong, whether it's like, you know, any event, it could be stuck in traffic or it could be just, you know, somebody says something that triggers you, you're immediately autom automatically on the defensive in this fight or flight and that's you know that's that's just how people have been living their lives in these patterns and you know it's not their fault really it's not it's just because they've, they've grew up that way in a state of fear whether it's parental influences or bad relationships or whatever it may be um they're just very very closely at a state of fear uh, as soon as anything goes wrong and and how the breath links into this is 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 very very fascinating for me and this was what kind of like got me super interested is because the diaphragm basically sends the message to your brain as to what state you're in. So basically what you can do is you can kind of hack your body's breath. You know, so if you're at work or you're in a traffic jam and you're feeling a little bit anxious, all you need to do is just concentrate on the exhale. So just do some slow exhales. It could be anything, just, you know, five mm. seconds out and just do three or four rounds of that. And immediately you're going to calm down. You're going to feel more in the moment and, and assured. All I would say is, you know, just immerse yourself in the Wim Hof and, you know, learn more about it because it is, it is a lifesaver in a lot of ways. Um, and the cold water immersion. So what I would tend to do is in the morning, I would get my, my nice warm shower. I'll get my wash in the morning and then I'll end it on cold water. It's got so many benefits. You know, it helps with your muscles. It helps with any stagnated blood cells. It helps with any stubborn fat that you may be holding on to in certain areas because it kind of creates the blood flow. Um, so as well as the physical aspects, it also helps from a mental aspect. You know, it helps with any migraines you, you might have, with anxiety. And the way I like to look at the cold water immersion is what you do is when you get in cold water, your body automatically wants to hyperventilate. So it wants to go into a state of panic, a state of fear. So what you're doing is you're setting yourself a perfect environment to get over that. So you're putting yourself into a voluntary state of adversity, like a voluntary state of fear. And then while you're in the shower, you slowly breathe through it. So you're slowly doing the, the, the exhales to get yourself into a calm. And then, so it's like you're creating a blueprint in your brain that you can be in a state of fear, but then get over that slowly. And then when you get out of the shower, you just feel super invigorated and, and it's kind of like setting that pathway in your brain that 
wow, we can be in a fearful situation and I can be calm and get over it. And it's just, it has a knock-on effect in so many aspects of your life. That's so cool. I do do the cold shower every morning as yeah. well, actually. I do do that. And yeah, for me as well, like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to combine it with that now. That sounds really awesome. But it, for me as well, it kind of makes me think, like, if I can, like, put myself in this position of a cold shower in the morning, I can overcome <laughs> most things in the day. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, another thing as well, that's kind of um, super interesting with the Wim Hof. So when you're in a stressful situation, right, in life, and when, you know, whether it's like, you know, you're going from one stress to another in daily life, you know, you may be not eating well, you may be stressed with whatever, your blood automatically sets to an acidic state, right? And when your blood's in an acidic state, you're primed for picking up illnesses. So, you know, if there's any viruses going around or whatever, you're primed to pick up illnesses because you're in an acidic state. Now, when you do the Wim Hof and you do the breath work, you are immediately setting your blood to an alkaline level, which is ideal to fight off illnesses. And, and honestly, hand on heart, I've not picked up any illnesses since I've been doing it, you know? Really? I do completely align with that though, in the sense of illness and that I think when you kind of bring yourself out of that constant fight or flight mode, like you say, like if we're constantly stressed, like, yeah, your immune system is not functioning at, to the capacity that it would normal, well, that it could naturally be so. Um, and yeah, I feel like it, it, it kind of makes so much sense to me that if we're kind of in that state of stress and our body's kind of focused on that, it could be so much, yeah, it seems so much easier to kind of pick up these illnesses. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot to be said about like your body's kind of own intuition as well. And when you're in that state of panic and you're in that state of not present with the moment, you know, you're not going to be healing yourself, are you? Because you're going to be anxious. You're going to be thinking of other things. And, you know, it's like that old Buddha saying about if you're anxious, it's because you're living in the future. If you're depressed, it's because you're living in the past. Whereas if you're at peace, it's because you're in a moment. Yeah, I completely align with that saying. I love that one. It's cool actually because um, Wim Hof really, I'm actually, I'm a yoga teacher. Um, yeah. but I've learned a lot about, about the breath and we do, pra- I don't know if you've heard of pranayama, it's just, it's the, the breath like within yoga and it aligns with a lot of this method in the sense of kind of using the breath to seek like presence and also take us out of that kind of, yeah, fight or flight mode. So that's really cool and it definitely aligns with it. Yeah, honestly, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've done a bit of yoga myself and I find it really interesting. And it's, you know, with the breath as well, how it's linked to yeah. align your body and your mind. It's beautiful. I don't know if you meditate, but I find that for sure. I mean, again, this aligns with breath, but this is something, it's kind of a non-negotiable I have in my day of doing 20 minutes in the morning of meditation. I think that's just, it's super healing for, like you say, kind of bringing up those things maybe that have happened in our past and just allowing us to kind of feel them but then heal them yeah no I agree totally I mean meditation is something that you know it's one of them ones where when I was younger I always thought oh I want to meditate isn't it cool to meditate and you always kind of think <laughs> things but you know certainly in, since lockdown I've been kind of like really drilling it down and I've got an app um, called waking up by Sam Harris um, and that was the one thing that really solidified the importance of meditation for me because it gives you that it almost guides you through it and it gives you the science behind it as well so you can kind of know what's happening um, yeah, that's cool and and to be honest meditation for me builds like a higher capacity for experience in everyday moments you know so for now like I could be making a cup of coffee or washing the dishes 
and I can be in a state of like true bliss. I really can. I can just yeah. be at one with the moment and I can be, you know, I'm, I'm just always present. And I know it sounds daft, but you can make any practice in life a meditative thing, really, can't you? No, definitely. I love that. And that's something that, yeah, I always kind of try and bring myself back to. Like when I'm doing a task that I don't like, like I'm cleaning my room, just trying to make it a kind of a moving meditation. Like it's the same with like if I'm going for a run or something, like I try and make it kind of, yeah, a practice of staying in the present moment. Because ultimately that's what meditation is, right? It's just truly like existing in the moment that exists now. Of course, massively. And, and I think as well, my relationships have got better since I started doing more meditating because I'm truly present with them. Yeah, and all these things are priceless as well. That's what's so incredible. It's like they're the most powerful tools, but they don't cost us anything. I know, honestly, isn't it? Like, it's when you think like of all the things... Thing when you realise it, like, there's a light bulb that goes off in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I had access to this all the time. Oh, you know, one of my best sayings in life is, you know, we must forget what we've learned so that we remember what we've always known. And yeah. that's because, like, you know, all these things, the breath, the meditation out in nature, we've got access to that since we were living in tribes, you know, and, and that's what we've always known, eh? Yeah, exactly. Also, I wanted to speak about um, intermittent fasting, which is another thing that I love. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, it's just, I think the reason I'm so drawn to it is because the healing benefits it, have, it has really just aligns with me. And it just seems to work so much better for me. Um, and I mean, I'd love it if you could kind of go into a little bit more of what, what benefits you get from it. But I, I just love it massively i do intermittent fasting as well and i think first thing i'll mention about that is it just rids yourself of that emotional attachment to food you know yeah. how many people do you know that have just got their emotions attached to food all the time and they're angry or they're snappy or you know they're thinking about the next meal but that just immediately just takes that away and it, you just feel free and, and i think with that you know i get up in the morning i'll have a coffee because you know a coffee won't break the fast and then what i've got is because you're not attached to food you just got this extreme focus and you, you, you know, all your brain fog's gone and you just, it, allow, it goes hand in hand with everything we've been saying. It allows you to be fully present. Yeah, that's what yeah. it always is. All the yeah. practices are for really, aren't they? Because that's the, that's the key. <laughs> no, of course it is. I, and I think as well, if you imagine, if you're eating food every three hours, which is what society kind of says, you know, four meals a day or whatever it is, you're always going to be digesting food. And when you're digesting food, your body's main priority for energies is digesting food. So it's not thinking about healing itself. For me, it's nothing to do with um, like calorie deprivation, which I think it's sometimes can seem because obviously people be like, what you don't eat until like, so I, I, so basically what intermittent fasting is before I've known, if people don't know what it is, is you just reduce the window within which you eat. So I personally don't really eat outside the window of 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, so I eat within an eight-hour window and I fast for 16 hours. And some people I think might be like, oh, is that just so you eat less kind of thing? But it's really not about that. Like I still eat a lot. Like I have two really big meals, but like it's just, yeah, like you say, it allows that, that space for your body to actually kind of relax and heal and regenerate without having to worry about, about con constantly digesting foods. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in fact, I started fasting as well because it allows me to eat more when I'm eating. Do you know what I mean? I can have these satiating <laughs> meals, you know, and when I'm eating my meals now, I'm fully satiated after them. I'm not thinking about food right away because, you know, you get these people who are eating four, four or five meals a day, but they're eating these tiny meals and they're always hungry, which causes them to snack all the time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think I 
eat these big full meals and I can, yeah, it's, it's great. It's not about, I think, as you say, you know, a lot of people think they hear the word fasting and they think, oh, that's a bit extreme, but it isn't. It's intermittent fasting. Yeah. It's also not like, I think it's just, it's a, such a social construct that we eat three meals a day. Like, I don't know why people are like, oh, that's just the norm. It's like, well, that's only because it's been like socially constructed. It's not necessarily what actually works for everyone. Like, everyone's so different. Like, I'm personally vegan, but I know that doesn't work for some people. But like, for some reason, we've kind of got it in our heads. It's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and that's normal. It's like, well, actually, maybe not. <laughs> well, exactly. And I think that's why you should always stay curious and question things. I mean, if you look at how many people do you know who say, oh, well, isn't breakfast the most important meal of the day? Well, no. Who's told you that? You should question things and, and think, well, why is breakfast the most important meal of the day? It's because there's a billion pound industry of Kellogg's and breakfast that they want you to eat that. Yeah, it's, it is. You have to kind of step back sometimes and just consider like where you get your kind of knowledge from and like why you believe what you believe. Mm, um, no, no, massively. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so interesting. Another thing that we've, that I listened to on the podcast, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have that book is the, um, the stoicism. I really want to get into that because that book is just so awesome. The, um, it's Ryan holiday's daily stoic book. Um, and it, you can get it. It comes with, you can get a journal as well that you like write um, with it. And I, I finished it actually, but I, just loved it so much it just allowed me to kind of have that moment in my morning where I looked at life in a different way and I just honestly loved it yeah definitely it's almost like you're living your life with a bit of a like a manual and you've got that third party to like give you the frame of reference in the morning you know so if you're waking up and you're feeling a little bit like whatever you know a little bit stressed or you may be mind wandering into old habits or whatever you've automatically got this guy who's like no hold on this is out this is a good perspective you know take this lesson on board and then you kind of think like yeah that's right you know that is how that is how to think of things you know because nobody we're not perfect are we although we've got these mindfulness practices you know of course you can like your mind can wander and you can get a bit anxious yeah, so. from it like yeah there's always always space for like growing more within ourselves as well yeah but our stoicism is you know it's a really good practice and it's something that i've kind of referred to and i, I read my you know one paragraph a day and it's it's great it just sets the day up doesn't it no it's so good i love it it's so great but we should probably get to the final three questions before it gets too long. But thank, you, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. It's been so great. No, honestly, it's just a pleasure to talk to somebody like-minded. It really yeah. is. You know, as you say, we could talk for ages, couldn't we? No, I know. So I have these three questions which I ask all my guests. Um, so the first question is, is there one thing that you do daily to make yourself feel your absolute best? Um. To be honest, I thought about this earlier, and it's such a simple thing, really, but it, it really does set my deal, right? And I do it in the morning, right? And it's just, I make my bed with pride. And, and I think what that is, when you make your bed with pride and, you, and you, know, you proper make your bed and you go out, you look back at your bedroom and you've got that, like, kind of sense of, like, you've done the first task of the day and it's kind of, like, it just sets it up, you know? And, and that's always one thing that I've always done. I do that as well like and it's just it's it's that kind of thing of like clean room clean mind as well like once you've done that you're like right I'm ready to start the day definitely like it's that one challenge that you can do in the first thing in the morning it's some little things that make a big difference it really is oh my gosh for sure like my like my room at university my friends <laughs> my flatmates are always like how's it always so clean I'm like well just because I will make sure like every morning it's clean and every evening because I just feel so much more at ease like coming back into a clean room 
Yeah, definitely. It's easy. Yeah, it's, as you say, it's a, it's, a, it's a clean clean room, clean mind, isn't it? You know. Definitely. Awesome. So the second question is, is there a goal you have or a way you want to grow over the next year? I think, like, I'm very much about helping others now. And, and I think my mum told me all along, you know, we touched on it earlier about sometimes in life, you, you know, you spend looking for things and you come back to what you've always known. And this is something my mum's always said to me and it's something I'm going to focus on. Whoever you meet in life, always leave, leave everyone a little better than when you met them. Um, so it's just something I'm going to try and, you know, always aim to strive to do and be kind to people and just make sure you're fully present with them. No, definitely. It's so nice. And I, yeah, I completely agree. I get so much energy from aiding others. And I think that's for me as well, like a massive reason I did this podcast is just to kind of show people aren't alone in their thoughts and also people kind of come through really challenging situations. But it's just like have, offering a place for people to realize that like everyone goes through tough times as well. And like, for me, that's like a massive kind of reason I've done it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so important, isn't it? Just, you know, if, if you've learned something and you've got some experience to share and you know you could help somebody else's life, like that's, it's a great thing, isn't it? You know, of course yeah, it is. Amazing. So final question is, do you have a mantra or a quote that you align to in life for positivity? Another one that allows me to kind of like really emphasize the importance of being present as much as possible in life is because a lot of people have that cliche about life is a journey. But I think life isn't a journey because that implies you get somewhere. Life is a dance. And what is dancing? You don't dance to get somewhere. You dance to have fun. So just have fun through life, you know, and don't look at it as an end goal. Look at it as like every moment is play. I love that. That's so cool. I've never heard of that. It's so nice. Like I do. Yeah. Like the whole life is a journey. And that's actually so true because it does kind of just, yeah, imply that like there's somewhere to get to, but actually like we, all we need to do is just live in the moment. Definitely. Life isn't a journey to dance. Thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been so, so great to have you. Oh, honestly, it's a pleasure. I mean, thank you for reaching out to me. I just feel blessed that, you know, somebody's recognising what I've spoke about and, and it's, you know, it's helped somebody, you know. No, it's so amazing. Everyone's going to really learn from this episode, I'm sure. Thank you so much. I love speaking to David about his healing practices and the seeking of presence. Have a lovely day wherever you are. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.